This is The Christian Working Woman, and I'm Julie Busteed. Do you have people in your life that you can talk to when life is challenging? Do you have faithful friends to turn to in times of struggle and in times of celebration? We all need deep and authentic relationships in our lives, yet sometimes we can find ourselves lonely and isolated. The truth is you're created for community, but sometimes being in community, well, it's hard. And so today, Lisa Bishop reminds us what God's Word says about the importance of community, and she also explores the idea that community is a discipline. We're so glad you're here with us today, and we hope you're encouraged. It's so true, Julie. You know, you were never meant to do this life alone. You need to be support and receive the support of community. I was reminded of this the other day as I was walking along the lake in Chicago. It was so beautiful outside. The sun was shining. There was a cool breeze and the rays of light were bouncing off the blue water. As I was taking in the scenery, I caught a glimpse of a mother duck and her ducklings. It was the cutest thing to see about 10 baby ducks bobbing up and down in the waves, furiously wiggling and flapping their little feet to keep up. At first, I noticed the ducklings were in this kind of ununiformed cluster behind their mom, easily being tossed around by the ripples in the water. If the smallest of waves came, they would easily drift away from the group. And then I saw something pretty fascinating. Within a few minutes, the ducklings were making every effort to form a line. It reminded me of the proverbial picture of getting your ducks in a row. It took a lot of paddling, determination, and effort, but lo and behold, when the baby ducks finally formed a line, their journey just seemed a little bit smoother. It turns out that when a duckling swims on its own, it kicks up waves in its wake, using up energy that would otherwise send it surging ahead. That wave drag resists the duckling's motion so it stays stagnant. And if they fall out of position, swimming gets even harder. But when they form a line instead of swimming alone, they experience 158% less wave drag, which means the duckling gets a boost. Swimming in a collective and unified manner isn't just beneficial for baby ducks. We all need the boost that paddling together, forming connection, brings. Because listen, you were never meant to swim alone. You're created for companionship and connection. And we know this, yet sometimes we can fall into the trap of isolation and forget that building and being in community is really vital to thriving in life and faith. So I want to spend some time talking about the discipline of community. I know it kind of sounds weird to think of community in those terms, but if you think about it, creating and participating in community, well, it takes hard work. It takes discipline. One way I've heard discipline defined is training used to establish desired habits and expected to produce a specific character or pattern of behavior, especially training that produces moral or mental improvement. When you practice discipline, you're acknowledging that something can be difficult to create, attain, and sustain, that it takes effort, intentionality, consistency, and commitment over the long haul. Building a healthy community is an investment. It takes time. It's not always easy, but in the end, it's worth it. I think these days we're more and more prone to the idea of self-sufficiency, and we neglect the impact of community. We think that we can experience life alone, go through struggles alone, and even follow Jesus alone. But that's not how God designed you. It's not how we designed me or anyone else for that matter. If you think about it, Jesus didn't live alone. He had a close circle of three, Peter, 
James, and John. And we know that he also had the 12 disciples and others that were his faithful companions. They formed circles of intimacy with one another, and you and I need the same. No matter how you're wired, whether you're an introvert, an extrovert, find it easy to socialize and engage in conversation, or you tend towards social anxiety, something in your soul longs for meaningful relationships with other humans. We long to know others and to be known by them. We treasure friendships that allow us to be truly ourselves. All of us long for a deep, authentic community. It's hardwired in you because God created you in his image. He created you for community. And the basis of community is actually found in the Trinity. The Trinity shows us that God himself is community. Before God created Adam and Eve, before any sort of human community existed, there was God in perfect loving harmony in his threefold being, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we also see that in Genesis 2.18, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now, while this verse shows us the relationship between husband and wife, it really communicates a larger narrative. And that picture is the priority that God places on companionship. If you know your Bible, you're familiar with the passage in Acts 2.42 that gives a very important picture of Christian community. They were continually and faithfully devoting themselves to the instruction of the apostles and to fellowship, to eating meals together, and to prayers. Christian fellowship is a key aspect of the Christian life. Believers in Christ are to come together in love, faith, and encouragement. And this word devoted means to be steadfastly attentive and give persistent care to to persevere and to not faint, to show oneself courageous for. And if we're honest, sometimes community makes us want to faint. It takes courage. We forego community because we think it requires too much effort or we don't believe that community should require hard work, persistence, and intentionality, but it does. Any relationships worth having will take dedication. I know you may have been let down, disappointed, have felt dismissed, or even rejected by people in the past. But don't let that deter you from one of life's greatest blessings and one of your greatest callings, to contribute to and be a part of a body of believers doing life together. In his book, Life Together, Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, the person who loves their dream of community will destroy community, but the person who loves those around them will create community. Sometimes you and I have this fantasy version of community, and when that gets disrupted, we pick up our toys and go home. We withdraw from others. You can tend to forget that hardships, hurts, and conflicts are a part of relationships, and that in your own humanness, you will offend and hurt others too. And that is why community requires discipline, disciplining yourself to keep leaning in and showing up when you'd rather run and hide, loving people, even when it's messy, and being loved even when you're messy. It takes determination. It takes love. You know, I'm reading through the Bible in a year, and today I was reading 1 Corinthians 13, which has the very familiar passage on love. It's a popular passage people tend to pick and read at weddings, but it's not meant exclusively for a relationship between husband and wife. These verses are instructions for you and I on how we're to love. We hear them, but do we practice them? You've heard them so many times, you may just gloss over them. But as I read these verses, listen as if you're hearing them for the first time and invite the Holy Spirit to highlight what he wants you to let in and penetrate your mind and heart. Love is patient. Love is kind. 
Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Patience, kindness, persistence, hope, endurance. This is a tall order. You know, a friend of mine, Jason, talks about the difference between having community and creating community, and I think it's pretty insightful. He says this, Life isn't about having community. It's about being able to create community. Having community is passive. You have friends when you're younger and essentially have nothing else to do, and the whole world seems designed for you to meet new people. But then you get a little older. Then friends move away or get married or have kids or maybe even die. Or maybe you move away or get married or have kids. Either way, as people age, their community grows smaller and smaller. Never lose the ability to create new friends. Learn how to create a community where you can bring out the best in each other. Learn to contribute to a community that truly loves one another. Now, I know it's easier said than done, and that again is why community is a discipline, training used to establish desired habits. As Hebrews 10, 24-25 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. If you find yourself in the habit of doing life solo, heed the words of Hebrews. Another passage that shows the importance of community is Ecclesiastes 4, 9-12. It says, Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they'll keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. As a side note, have you ever fallen down, not able to get up unless someone helped you? I have, and it was super humbling, but that's a story for another day. Now, in his pursuit of wisdom and learning, Solomon discovers that few things in life hold more value or enduring satisfaction than true friendship, and he's reflecting on the importance of companionship and the benefits of people working together. Solomon agrees with God that it's not good for man to be alone. Now, sometimes you're going to fall down physically and you need help getting up, but Solomon's words have even greater emotional and spiritual implications. When you stumble in your spiritual walk or are weighed down with emotional burdens, it's vital to have a friend or mentor who can come alongside you and help restore you to wholeness in your relationship with God. You need Christian friends for emotional, practical, and spiritual support through life's hardships. If you nurture relationships with other believers, you'll always have someone to help you stay on track and lift you back up when you fall, and you will be the same for others. You are God's child, and you are not meant to live in isolation, but walk this road with others. And science even backs up God's brilliant design for community. There are loads of studies that show the connection between the quantity and quality of your social relationships and your health. Loneliness, social isolation, and lack of social connection negatively impact your physical and mental health, and they can result in higher rates of depression, poor sleep, hypertension, heart disease, to name a few. When you don't have social networks and support from friends, the impact on your overall health can be worse than if you smoke or drink a lot. And over time, a lack of social relationships will cause cognitive decline, 
impacting your memory and even your ability to think. In the last two decades, the number of people that say they don't have at least one person in their lives that they can trust to share their feelings and innermost selves with has increased over three times. We all need someone to confide in, to share our problems with, and talk about private matters to. Your life depends on connection and community, literally. Listen, 1 Peter 5.8 warns you that your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You are way more vulnerable to the schemes of the enemy when you're not in community. And it's only when we're in close proximity to each other's lives and not living behind a screen that you can actually experience that true connection. And building community, it requires intentionality. It also requires forgiveness and self-forgetfulness. Not focusing on what you can get from community, but focus on what you can give. And you have a whole lot to give because you're needed and you're wanted. Not everyone's going to be your jam and you're not going to be theirs, but there are people who would love the opportunity to be in friendship with you. If you're currently finding yourself living in isolation, ask God to help you have the courage to step out, to participate in person at church, in serving, and in social activities. And if you're already a part of a faithful community, who's someone on the fringes that you can invite into your friend group? Always be on the lookout for people that you can share the gift of connection with. And keep in mind that community takes discipline. Well, thanks for joining me today. Know that you are not alone on your journey of faith. If you're struggling and would like to receive prayer, it'd be our honor to pray for you. You can reach out for prayer and gain access to helpful resources to cultivate your faith by going to our website at christianworkingwoman.org. And follow us on Instagram at at christianworkingwoman and on Facebook, the Christian Working Woman for daily encouragement. And if you've been encouraged by this ministry, consider praying for us and partnering with us financially as we seek to encourage, equip, and empower Christians in the workplace. Again, you can go to our website at christianworkingwoman.org.